I'm Sammy Lucas and I'm Romantically Challenged. In this episode, we welcome back hilariously single mother of three and author Kerry Sackville. Kerry joined us early on in series one and she has so many funny, clever, insightful opinions about the whole dating process. That's why I'm really thrilled to welcome Kerry back for series two. She's got more entertaining stories to share about her own weird and wonderful experiences. You won't believe what a guy asked her to do before their first date. That's weird. That's coming up. But Kerry also has some really thought-provoking and some might say even controversial theories about dating, like why she believes women over 40 are at a disadvantage on the dating scene and why she thinks society puts too much responsibility on single women. We also discuss Kerry's preferred method of meeting men. She likes to call it divinely delicious dating. Here's Kerry. Hi, I'm Kerry. I'm 51 years old. Oh God, 51. And I've been divorced for seven years. I'm a mother to three kids, two young adults and one nearly 13 year old. I also have a cat, but she doesn't really add all that much to the equation. I enjoy conversation. I'm a talker and a listener, and I'm fascinated with people and relationships. I'm also a writer. Uh, I've written three books and I may one day write another one. My ideal partner would have to be Mr. Darcy from Pride and Prejudice. Super smart, super sexy, perfect. Dating in my 40s and 50s has been constantly surprising. Just when I think I've seen it all, something new happens to surprise me yet again. Carrie, welcome back. Oh, so good to be here again. Oh, your first episode has been so popular and I just, I'm so thrilled to get the chance to talk to you again because you are so honest and open and clever and funny and I just adore your outlook on the whole dating scene, as I know our listeners do as well. Oh, thank um, you. I love you say so just when you think you've seen it all, <laughs> something else happens and I want you to start because we, we are in communication and I just, I need you to start with that story about the guy you dated one phone call and what he wanted you to do with his therapist oh look this, and this is what I mean it's just when you think you've seen it all something new happens and new behavior you haven't seen so I did I, I tried dating very briefly earlier this year when I was really lonely and I connected with someone he seemed really nice but he was very newly separated and I think we both know what it's like dating very newly separated mm-hmm. men. And he suggested straight up that I come with him to his therapist to see if we're compatible and whether we would work well together. And this was like before we'd even met. And I very politely declined. Um, I think that if you're needing therapy for your relationship before you've even met, it's probably not a good sign. (laughs) I mean, we can sit here and laugh, but I'm I'm trying to trying to understand what the hell he was thinking and I wonder if it's kind of like the whole middle-aged men not knowing whether they should pay or not pay because they don't want to do the wrong thing and they don't if they pay they might offend you if they don't pay they might offend you do you think he's just he thought maybe he could show you that he was emotionally evolved and he was no I, I don't I think know. he wanted to check that I was emotionally evolved oh. and I've, I really do and I feel that this is probably no. someone who has been really burnt by his past relationships and he's wanting to immune himself from hurt by checking you know it's like if you're going to sleep with someone and you want them to go and get a medical check first to to show that they're clear of STDs 
I think mm. that's what it was about. He just didn't, you know, he wanted to make sure that I was in good working order and, and um, you know, that I'd be good to date. I was ready to date. <laughs> Um, Look, if I, if I wanted an analysis of a guy to check if, if he was suitable for me, I, I'd probably get a couple of my girlfriends together and, and go out for drinks, like well, get look, him I, I to go out for by, drinks I, with them. I do it by going through his, his social media. <laughs> I'm really into that. I'm also really good at reverse image searches. So What's I read, that? I don't know what that is. Oh, so that's when you see a photo on a dating app and you know sometimes they're just a bit too good looking. You think, nah, I would know if a man that good looking actually lived in, in my city. Um, I've been around long enough. So you do a reverse image search and you find out where they got those images. And, in fact, the, the last one I did, that the man had taken images from the Instagram account of an Italian actor. I'm really good at that. Like a lot of my girlfriends who are single send me photos and say, can you find out where this comes from? And I, ju- I can't believe people do that. I, I mean, I just wrote about this with the age thing recently for Nine Honey, men lying about their age or, or men and women lying about their age. I just don't understand the point. If you're looking for any kind of serious relationship, why start it off with a lie about your looks or your they're, age? They're not, though. they're not looking for a serious relationship. I think these people are probably just, I, I think they are probably really undateable which is sad or they consider themselves to be undateable and they're just hoping to talk to women on the internet and and have a bit of a flirt and maybe if you're really lucky get a bit of a nudie pic sent through that these men have no intention of actually meeting you in person but they can waste a lot of your time I want to jump into COVID dating because, Mm. you know, you mentioned new challenges, (laughs) everything's new and exciting. Well, just when we thought we were kind of getting the handle of this, getting the group of online dating and dating apps, along comes COVID and forces us all into this kind of virtual dating world. Mm. Did you embrace it or did you just go and hide in a closet and say, I'll come out when it's all done? I, I tried it once. I didn't do, I didn't do the video date. I just, didn't feel comfortable with that, particularly because I remember I was locked down with three children and the last thing you want is someone to burst in when you're trying to have a conversation with a man on mm. the computer. And there is no way I can guarantee my privacy. Like that just, you know, my kids, I try and keep them away from my dating life. They do not need that. <laughs> they really don't. I don't need that. find it hard enough to have a phone conversation in private, let alone a video date. But I did meet one man for a walk during lockdown and it was, you know, a socially distanced walk. It didn't work for me. I find walking alongside someone when you're not actually looking at them really hard with someone I don't know, it just didn't work for me. The, the whole situation felt uncomfortable, so I just stopped after that and I, and I let it go. I need to be really relaxed and comfortable. To so hard being vulnerable and you've got to yeah. be vulnerable on a date just to be able to, to give someone else a chance to get to know you. That's the biggest issue, isn't it? Like yeah. opening yourself up to being vulnerable whilst protecting yourself from hurt. Da, da, da. So how involved are your kids in your dating life these days? So I've got three kids. My son doesn't want to know anything. He really doesn't. He just doesn't want to know anything about it. So I keep him away from it entirely. I don't talk to him about it. My big girl... Um, she's pretty good. She, you know, occasionally I'll sort of show her something really funny that I see online or if I've got had a really ridiculous conversation with a man where he said something that's just, he's not right, you know, makes it clear he's not right for me. For example, a man <laughs> said to me the other day um, in a conversation, we're talking about where we lived and he said, look, quite frankly, I'd be happy just to live in a camper van. I was like, yeah, that's not my guy. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> it's like the men who say, you know, my favourite holiday is camping. It's like, Good on you, mate. Yeah, fine. I'm looking for someone who'll take me to a nice resort where I can sit and drink cocktails by the pool. (laughs) So, you know, that kind of thing I can share with her. 
My yeah. little one, we, we don't talk about it too much. I think she's still in that stage where she's a bit concerned that I'll end up, you know, she'll end up with a stepdad or I'll be married. And so really if I ever go on a date, I'll say to her, you know, I'm going on a date, but this, I'm not bringing home a new dad. I can't, yeah. I can't have to reinforce that for her. Ironically, she was the only one last year out of the three of us who was in a relationship. So, <laughs> Your youngest? Yeah, my youngest. When she was 11, <laughs> she had a boyfriend for a year. Oh, stop it. And she kept saying, I'm the only one with partners. Like, Have you discovered any new exciting dating apps? Because in the last episode, I don't, have you heard of this Red Hot Pie? I spoke to Carmel oh, about yeah. Yeah, that's Red been Hot around Pie. For a while, though. That, that's been around for a while. But no, so, I, in my experience, because I have tried different things, everyone is still on Tinder. You know, it, okay. it's still the place where everybody seems to go. And when you go into somewhere like Bumble, you see, I mean, yeah, there's exceptions to every rule, but in general, you see a percentage of the people who you then see again on Tinder. Um, mm. I still think because it's free, because it's so immediate, because it's so easy to use and it doesn't require you to pay any money or or answer a series of questions about your life and personality, you literally just download pics, um, you can put a bio, you can you can not put a bio and you're ready to roll and suddenly there are all these people appearing on your screen and I think that's why it, it remains popular. I know we spoke about this in the first episode. We chatted about the scarcity of good quality men, yeah. women of our age. And it's two years on since we last spoke. Do you stand by that? Or I do. do you think- I right. absolutely stand by that and I have a theory about it. Mm. And the more I talk to people about it, and again, you know, there's obviously exceptions to every rule, but in general people, you know, when I explain this to them go, oh, you're right. My theory is this, and it's played out over and over again, the vast majority of men who are middle-aged, you know, 40s, 50s, beyond, have been left by their partners because men tend not to leave relationships unless they've got somebody else lined up. So the people who are on the dating apps, the men who are single, are men who've been left by their wives. Women are different. Women tend to leave long-term relationships, leave marriages, whatever, because they would rather be alone than be in an unhappy relationship. So you do find a lot of women leaving relationships just to be by themselves and they end up on on the dating apps, right? But Mm -hmm. the men who are on the dating apps have almost inevitably been left by their partners. And when you speak to men, when you meet them and you say, you know, what happened, you know, how did you end up on a dating app? And they will say, my wife left me. Again, when when women leave relationships, whether they've been left by their partners or whether they choose to exit, they tend to take time to sort themselves out. Mm-hmm. So a lot of women leave relationships with children and the children are the first priority. That was certainly the case with me. So I had to get my kids sorted, had, had to work out where we we're going to live and just take a bit of time to get myself together. Um, Men in general aren't really good at being alone. And you see a huge number of men jump on dating apps literally within a week or two of their wife of 20, 30 years leaving them. Mm -hmm. And they're not in good working order. So unfortunately, the men, even the men who who seem to have the kind of qualities you're looking for, they're often just not ready to date. And so there's so much timing involved because you get these men too early because and they do tend to go on dating apps so quickly yeah, mm-hmm. too early and they're just not ready for a relationship and so it ends really badly you know as one of my friends said to me when she'd been on her umpteenth really really bad date she says you know we're just dating other women's rejects which is a mm. terrible thing to say but it's true these are men who've been left now there are some wonderful men who've been left i, I don't for a minute think that every man who's been left by his wife is you know not worth being in a relationship with things can go wrong in a marriage and patterns can you know get 
stuck and so on. But a lot of these men do not take time to sort themselves out and everybody needs to take time to sort themselves out after the end of a long-term relationship. So you think really women of our age, we are at a disadvantage. Yeah, I really do. And in fact, when you speak to men who've been on, on dating apps, dating sites, they will tell you there are tons of amazing women out there. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of choice. Um, and, and then you see men who, and you chat to men who really do have a lot going for them, but they are so angry and bitter about the end of their relationship or they are so needy. You know, they're just mm. still in that stage where they're completely devastated and they're looking for a therapist rather than a partner. And so do you think this is why women tend to have more negative experiences with men online. And I, you know, it's interesting because I got a, a message from someone, as you know, I write regular columns, I write about dating, and I, I literally just write about my honest experiences. Mm. And and some of them are good, but a lot of them are bad or funny or shocking. And I got this message from a guy who said, there must be a reason why you continually have a negative view of men. And I think, well, one, that's possibly from a disgruntled ex, but it's also, it's completely inaccurate. I I don't have a negative view of men. I'm just writing about my experiences and, and a lot of them are, you know, unsavory. I'm exactly the same. I love men. I've got some, you know, some men in my life who are just the most terrific people. Unfortunately, they're all either, you know, relatives or married to someone else. And I've also met some really great men on dating sites who just weren't right for me. So, I don't think either of us believe that every man on dating sites is not worth dating or, or is a bad person or is somehow toxic. You know, I've made some friends from from connections that I've made on dating sites. Okay, so I'll give you an example of recent um, chat I had. And when I say recent, I mean, you know, the last few months. So I had a date lined up when I did, you know, go back online a couple of months ago and I met someone who seemed really, really interesting. And it's rare for me to meet someone. I have a, have a really good connection with them, a great conversation with them. and you know, we're chatting away and he messaged me nonstop for about three days, including kept me up till late in the night on a Saturday night, right, chatting to me. And we'd lined up a date for, I think, about five days later. And he was saying he couldn't wait to meet me. He was so looking forward to it. And I was feeling excited about it and I was happy to spend time chatting to him. And then the next day he goes silent, okay, so I think he must be busy. The day after that, I contacted him and said, oh, hi, you know, reference something we were talking about. And he said, hello, just wanted you to know that that um, I met someone yesterday so I won't be catching up with you next Saturday. <laughs> it's like, again, it, it don't mean to, to use coarse language, Sammy, but, you know, don't blow smoke up my ass for three mm-hmm. nights and while you're at the same time, you know, chatting nonstop to other people and obviously have several dates lined up with the same person and now you've decided you're in love like one day after messaging. It really, it really is an emotional roller coaster, yeah. and, you know, you can spend all this time messaging people. People can say all kinds of things. You can be under the impression that you've met the perfect guy and you're both falling madly in love with each other and it can go absolutely nowhere. Mm-hmm. And if you, you know, if you put too much expectation on it based on some messages back and forth, you're bound to get disappointed more often than not but I know know what I love about every episode since um, we started the podcast Romantically Challenged I wait every time I launch the episode I release it and I'll know within 24 hours I'll get a message from you with your (laughs) review of that episode and I know there was an episode I'm I'm curious what you think about this where a lady said uh, she heard somewhere or was advised by a therapist that men should be single for six years Mm. 
before they're ready to meet someone new. So if you've come out of a marriage, it doesn't really matter how long it is. The average is you should spend, a man should spend six years working on himself Mm. before he's ready to meet someone new. Good luck with that. Seems extreme. Really, really. (laughs) I would say it would be really ideal if they can spend six months sorting themselves out. That rarely happens. You know, I've seen men who, as I said, who literally get on dating apps within a week of having their wives walk out on them. And I understand it. As I said, I'm, I sound really judgmental. I'm not. It, it just makes things really difficult for the women that they date because they're not, they're not okay and they're not in good working order. Six years sounds completely excessive. I mean, life is short. You don't know what's going to happen in six years. We could be run over by a bus in six years. You know, you don't want to spend six years celibate and alone. You know, when do we know that we're okay? Like, when do we know we're completely self-actualized? I don't think any of us really are. You've just got to be at the point where you're unlikely to really mess someone up with your behavior. And, you know, the guy that I was chatting to that who I just told you about who cancelled his date with me, he'd literally been separated for a couple of weeks. And I don't normally um, get involved with, with people who are so newly separated, but he, we had this great rapport and great conversation. And the guy obviously didn't know what he wanted. You know, he's you know pursuing this connection with me, he's pursuing connection with other people, and then he decides he's – he literally said to me he, he had to follow his heart and he decided that he was – you know, in love with this person after two dates, I think. But we can't stop those men or anyone who's fresh out of a relationship and freshly sing- newly single. We can't stop them from going online. We can't stop them from dating because that's kind of part of the process of healing for some people and moving on. But it's almost like they need to have a learner plate or a P plate yes. on their profile to yes. say, look, I'm available and I'm interested and I will engage with you, but just be aware that I'm new at this and I yes. was... That's perfect. I love that. And you can only get you get your peas after six months and then maybe after a year, you're right, you're good to go. And, of course, you will always hear stories about someone who met a guy who'd been single for two weeks just out of a relationship and they ended up, you know, married and living happily ever after. Always, always, I want to keep stressing it because people start messaging me, oh, you know what happened, you know, you say that people aren't ready to date for six months, but I met my boyfriend. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, you're the exception. The vast majority of men who are dating within a few weeks of separation are not going to make good choices and they are not going to be good partners to the women they date. Um, So what in your experience, what are some of your tips for new players when it comes to online dating to be able to separate those guys that are not ready from the guys that are actually there ready, have done the work, have had the time and just are really ready for a new relationship? Ideally, and I used to do this. I used to say I'm not going to date anyone who hasn't been separated for, for six months. I, I've modified that because those connections are so hard to find. But I go in with my eyes open and I go in with caution and I'm very aware that those men are unlikely to be able to commit in the long term. The other thing is to ask ask questions you know, really early in the process. And a lot of the time we don't ask questions because we really don't want to know the answer. So you meet someone, you've got a great connection with them and you don't want to ask them what they're looking for or or whether they're up for, you know, a relationship or whatever because you don't want to hear it. You know, you want to stay in that little bubble of fantasy for a bit longer, but you have to ask the hard questions and you've got to be honest about what you want. I've, I've done it, you might have done it, I'm sure people listening have done it, where you pretend that you're cool with whatever they're offering so they say, look, I really can, you know, or you get the sense that they, they only want to be casual at the moment or they say they only want to be casual. So you're like, yeah, that's cool. I can be casual. But really you're desperate for a relationship. 
it doesn't work. It's far better to say, look, this is what I'm looking for. If you are telling me you can't give that to me and it's got nothing to do with me, it's it's got to do with where you are you're at the moment, you're actually in the long term going to save yourself a lot of heartache. And that's something that took me a long time to, to figure out. Hey guys, quick heads up just to let you know, you can save yourself a lot of heartache and quite a bit of money by using the special secret SAMI code on your next purchase from King's Creed Wines. I'm talking 25% off your first order. Yep, 25% off their stunning selection of wines from McLaren Vale and the Adelaide Hills. Just use the code SAMI, that's S-A-M-I, when you order at their website, thekingscreedwines.com.au. The King's Creed Wines, dedicated to those who live boldly, like all of us who boldly continue to date despite the numerous challenges and heartaches. Thank you, King's Creed Wines, for reminding us to live and to love boldly. Did I mention 25% off? You're welcome. Since I last spoke to you, there seems to be a recurring theme with, with women of our age, women over 50, single women who've been on the dating scene for a while, like you and I both have, mm-hmm. and they're leaning towards this new way of life that they, they're looking for. Their ideal is not a relationship but a situationship mm. where they might meet someone and they're a great match and they are monogamous but they will never live with someone again. They will never get married. It's really just someone that is their mate, their confidant, their sexual partner, someone they might see once or twice a week, weekends, and organise to have lovely holidays with. What are your thoughts on the situationship for or against? Because I'm still on the fence here. Yeah, I, I think I think any situation works as long as you are both really on the same page. And I think a lot of the time in situations like that, in these situationships, um, there is one person who wants more than the other person. Now, if both people are committed to having a relationship where you only see each other a couple of times per week, uh, you don't meet each other's kids, you don't join families, um, you don't meet each other's parents or friends or whatever, you know, you're really keeping it super casual, that can work really well. But there are walls, I think, that you have to build around yourself to keep it at that level. I think that when you are sleeping with someone regularly, when you are having, you know, pillow talk, when you're having intimate conversations, you would almost have to be superhuman to not allow feelings to develop. And they often do. And then one person ends up turning around saying, oh, look, I've just met somebody else and we're going to move in together and and start a, a, a life together. And the other person is left devastated. I think relationships naturally kind of progress and keep moving and developing if they don't, I don't think they're destined to, to last very long. If your definition of situationship is a relationship that is sort of ambiguous, where you don't have a commitment, where you're free to see other people, um, where you're in this kind of relationship where you have sex, you have feelings, um, but you're not fully committed to each other, no. If a situationship is a full-on relationship where you can be as intimate as you want, where you can share your feelings, where you can tell each other you love each other if, if it gets to that point, but you're just not living together, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, that's I, I can't see myself moving in with someone in the foreseeable future. Um, but I would but say- see, 
that might be because because you have lived with someone, you've been married, mm. you've had children together. I've never had that experience. I have lived with men mm. briefly but only for a couple of years at a time and there were certainly no children involved. So I haven't had that kind of intense living situation with someone. Maybe mm. that's why I'm still more open to the idea of living with a guy. I think once you've been through that maybe marriage, you just at that moment, when you're single, again, you're thinking, I'm loving this freedom so much. I can't imagine ever having to share my space with someone again. I think for me, a big part of it is the kids. I've seen over and over again how fraught it is trying to merge families and I don't feel the need to, to do that with my kids. I'm sure that I'd, my feelings will change when at least my two older kids have moved out. But for now, it's just not on the cards. But the other thing for me, which is a really big issue, which I'm not sure you've discussed a lot on the podcast, but for me, a big issue is is the whole idea of merging finances, which comes with you know marriage and living with someone. And for me, I really fiercely guard my financial independence these days after my marriage. That's really, really important to me. And if I was in a committed relationship with someone, I would still want to maintain my financial independence and I think that that's something that gets so muddled up in relationships and moving in together and it seems to be you know that the next step is then the joint finances and making financial decisions together and that's something that I am am not prepared to do at this point in my life. The financial aspect is a much bigger consideration for the men that I've spoken to on this podcast than it ever has been for the women. You're the first woman that's raised it, mm, as far as I can yeah, remember. That's, re- that's really interesting. Um, but I, I think for me, when I was married, there was a feeling of not being in control of, of my finances. And and I really, it, it means a lot to me at the moment to be able to to look after myself and my kids without having to take anybody else into consideration. So that's really important to me. Um, See, we're all informed by our own experiences, aren't we? 100%. Mm. When I reached out to you and said, oh, will you come on the podcast again, Series 2? I'd love to chat to you. And I said, is there anything that you're really sort of passionate about talking Uh about? And and I loved that you said to me that, in your opinion, society puts too much responsibility on single women for being single. Yes. It's like, oh, my God, we need to talk about it. So much. I think there is a a real attitude out there that if you are single, you are doing something wrong. Or there's something wrong with you. Or there's something wrong with you. And what's the question everyone asks, you know, on the first date? Why are you single? And I still get messages, and I bet you do too. How could you be single? As if I'm doing something wrong or or I've messed up somehow. What is going wrong that, that men aren't interested in me? And that's not what it's about. Yes, I get attention from men. Every woman out there gets attention from men, from men. It is not that hard, you know, to score a date on Tinder if, you know, you're really keen for a date. That's what I say, just to jump in there, mm. when I get those messages, and yes, I get them quite a lot, I've just simply now, I just reply, I'm single by choice. Yes. But the fact is, as you said, you don't need. We don't need to be single. There are options and possibilities, and there's always a couple of exes lurking somewhere nearby. Oh, that always are looking for another chance. <laughs> but, but I am single by choice. But I look. I'm going to be honest. I'm. I would love to be in a relationship with the right person. So when I say I'm single by choice, I mean I would rather be single than be in a relationship that doesn't really ring my bells. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to settle for somebody. 
um, with whom I don't feel great chemistry or someone who doesn't really interest me. I, and if I'm in that situation, I am not going to push it. I'm not going to say, right, I'll give this guy a, a second and third and fourth date. Why? I would rather be single. I'm waiting for the person whose company I really, really enjoy and I just want to spend lots of time with him and talk to him and I'm looking forward to it instead of it being a drag. And I think I, I think there are a lot of women and all kudos to them, it works for them, who say, I don't want to be single, I am just going to find a partner. And they meet someone who's good enough, you know, they're a decent person, they may not really excite them, but they're, you know, a, a, a kind or honest person, may not make good conversation, may not be chemistry, but they are just going to make it work. And these women are there. And as I said, I've had plenty of conversations, you know, women who's, who are quite open and say, look, you know, I don't feel about him the way I did about my, say, you know, first boyfriend or my late husband or, but he's a good guy and I'm going to make it work. Or women who maybe don't feel that they are worthy of that kind of chemistry or love or, or passionate relationship and that's fine but I'm not prepared to do that I I would rather be single than feel compromised in a relationship and I hear you and I I agree 100% when I say single by choice um, because yeah I would love to have a relationship as well but at the moment I'm single by choice because I'm I'm not keen on any of the options that are available to me and that's the thing and that's the key thing about this particular issue of of women's responsibility for being single uh, there is a huge amount of luck and timing involved i have met women who've literally been single for 10 years and then suddenly they meet the guy and it's like this is the guy i've been waiting for he's he's my mr perfect he's not perfect but he's my mr perfect you know i I talk i wrote about this in in my book you know talk about my grandmother who was widowed at the age of 42 and met harry who became my step-grandfather when she was 67 years old Mm-hmm. You know, she was single for, let me quickly do the maths, 20, 25 years and then met the guy. And, you know, if she'd ha- if Harry had been widowed, you know, 20 years earlier, she would have had an extra 20 years with him. But he was widowed when she was 67 and she met him and great. So there is a huge amount of luck that you just haven't met the guy or you've met a guy that you really like and for whatever reason he wasn't ready to have a relationship. Or, you know, in my case, I remember – you know, it was many years ago, I remember this terrific guy and we got along really well and, and I'd actually connected with him online. He lived interstate. We had endless conversations, you know, for I can't remember how long, weeks. Um, we're talking about a relationship. I was due to fly to go meet him and the day before I was due to fly to go meet him, his ex contacted him, um, his ex had broken up with him and um, asked um, to get back together and they did. You know, and that's just bad luck we we don't talk about that idea of luck we talk about the idea of timing but luck is a big part of it as well and maybe we don't talk about it because it's a little depressing to think that it you know it can be out of our hands and at the end of the day it it can just come down to luck yeah and and i know we would all love to believe that we can manifest our own destinies i'm very open about the fact that i don't believe that i think there is a huge amount in this world that is out of our control and one of the most significant things that is out of our control is other people and how they respond to us and and our access to them we cannot control other people i can't control who's going to be on a dating app i can't control whether that person that i click with is going to like someone who's like me you know i've i've been attracted to men who just aren't into someone like me i'm too mm-hmm. 
I'm too something. I'm too opinionated. But that's such an interesting concept. And I, I can't remember the message, but I'm sure you sent me one after the, the manifesting episode. Mm. But also the episode one of this series with uh, the love coach and psychotherapist, Ange Barrett, who talks about the concept of calling in the oh, one yeah. and, and encouraging uh, ladies or men, but mostly it's women that she works with to say, right, you're going to set yourself a goal and you're going to call in the one and say, I will be in a committed loving relationship in 12 months and I I challenged her on that because I said I just don't I don't one I just don't think you can make something happen it's not like we're all sitting around here not wanting it to happen we're wanting it to happen and it's not happening but then I thought well wait a minute maybe there is something about having the right mindset you know I'm very happy to sit here on my couch every night with Lolly watching Netflix Mm -hmm. but if you call in the one it's about setting that mindset to say right in the next six months I am going to be more proactive I'm going to sign up to three dating apps I'm going to force myself to go on two dates a week you know and maybe it's that's what calling in the one is about not just the luck of he's going to suddenly appear because I clicked my fingers and said I'm ready but it's making the choice to really go for it in my experience when you go on dates with people where you just know that you don't have chemistry that you're not really interested in them it's really depressing and it's better to stay home on the couch with your dog mm-hmm. um, I think that the way to be proactive is to get on the dating apps to get on the dating sites and keep swiping keep looking at people keep starting conversations um, because you're not going to find the one if you don't put yourself out there obviously um, and if you do you know all the things that people talk about if you have hobbies or you you know you ask your friends if they've got anybody you can meet but I don't think there is any point in going on endless dates with people where you you just know that you haven't clicked and I, I actually wrote a chapter in my book about how it's not a numbers game you know you, if there is one guy out there on say tinder who is going to ring your bells, you're going to find him. You're going to find that one guy. You don't have to go on 50 dates with, with people you're not interested in to get to that one guy. You can hang in there and wait. You know, there was there was a book I once read on, on eating, on binge eating, because, God, when I was much younger, I used to be a bit of a binge eater. And one of the lines in the book was so interesting. It was like a lot of us when we go to buffets, we just want to shove our face with everything. And what she said <laughs> is yep. don't want to do that because you're going to end up feeling sick and you're not going to enjoy anything. And the best thing to do is to look at the buffet and you only take a bit of what looks divinely delicious, right, which makes sense. So you only choose the dishes that look divinely delicious. That is my theory and that is now my practice. When I go on dating apps, I only click with men who look you know, reasonably divinely delicious and I, <laughs> and I engage with them and chat to them and I'm happy to send the first message I'm happy to do all of that happy to give them the benefit of the doubt if they drop out or whatever but I'm not going to start connecting with with a hundred guys who don't look divinely delicious because what's the point um sure there are some surprises and yes as I said I'll give people the benefit of the doubt and they don't have to be you know, divinely delicious in, in their photos ever but they have to be someone with whom I think oh yeah you know I'm interested in talking to them there seem to be a lot of people who would much rather be in a relationship than be alone and you know they're not really they've maybe given up looking for Mr. Right they're just they're just happy with Mr. Right now yes and I just I I just wonder whether there's something wrong with me that I can't be more like that person I know women who are really determined to make a situation work with someone who as I said who isn't you know, who really isn't fulfilling all of her needs, but she's just really happy to be in a relationship, their needs are different. I can't change who I am. And if I did, mm-hmm. I would be compromising myself. There are people whose needs are different. 
Yeah. Um, there are lots of women who want really tall men, right, who don't feel womanly unless they're with a really tall man. I've never had that problem. I've dated really short guys. Um, so that widens my pool. But there are certain things in people that are real, that are just, they can't compromise on. And have you, I've tried to do that though. Like I've been in relationships or I've met guys and because I haven't dated for a while and I meet a guy and he seems to tick all the boxes, but I just know there's something missing. I just, like, I don't want to sleep with him or I, I don't yeah. feel, yeah. I don't feel attracted to him, but he's such a lovely guy and he's smart yeah. and he's funny and he's clever and he likes all the same things that I like. And I think just, just stick it out, Sam, just a few more dates yeah. and maybe yeah. and it, ne- it, no, it never it never works it doesn't and it, it's really important to kind of talk about the fact that it's I don't expect anyone to be perfect and you know I was in back-to-back relationships from the time I was 17 years old to the time I was 47 so I had 30 years of back-to-back relationships and if you look at those relationships all of the men mm-hmm. were deeply flawed they were not perfect people I didn't expect them to be perfect people the relationships weren't perfect but it's just it's someone as you said it's someone you want to sleep with it's someone you want to talk to and if you don't have that it can't if you do not want to touch them or if you're not looking forward to talking to them then what what the hell is the point <laughs> it's a pretty big compromise yeah. to make and I've tried that too and it's just a losing battle where you you're really flogging a dead horse you're like if I give it one more date maybe I'll develop those feelings and you don't it just doesn't happen and you know the whole idea of chemistry is really tricky because chemistry can be there with someone who is so wrong for you and I had years of, of feeling intense chemistry with men who were really wrong for me and I recognised that and I beat that out of myself and I still, if I feel the chemistry with someone who I know isn't going to be good for me, I walk away from them. So mm-hmm. I, I've learned to do that. But unfortunately, the flip side is you can't create chemistry with someone who might be a very nice person or a really loyal, lovely partner if it's not there. You just can't make it out of nowhere. It's yeah. like there, there must be some kind of formula, like a chemical formula that, that yeah. <laughs> if they can ever develop that, that would be great. <laughs> and I love, you know, having these conversations with you because I, I'm happy being single. But at the end of the day, yeah, I would I would love to meet someone. And, and every yeah. now and then you do feel a little bit vulnerable. And it doesn't mean I'm desperate or lonely, but I do sometimes think, oh, God, it sucks being single every now and then. It does. It really does suck sometimes. And I think that the most important thing for me in, in all these past years is having single girlfriends who get it. You can't replace it. Like your married friends and your couple's friends, they just don't get it the way that single women get it. They understand what it's like. You know, I really value my single girlfriends because they're all, you included, smart, successful, beautiful women who are also single. It just reinforces to me that... <laughs> There's just so much luck involved, you know. Why haven't these fabulous women met someone? Why haven't I met someone? Well, they haven't either, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you can argue, well, maybe there's something wrong somewhere. They're not, but, you know, people who are really messed up get into relationships all the time. You do not have to be, as I said earlier, completely self-actualized to be in a relationship. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to be lucky enough to meet that person and they're ready at that time, you know. Sometimes it is nice to just have a cuddle though, isn't it? Oh, God. Sometimes it's really nice to have a cuddle. <laughs> that's, that's something that I've really missed and sometimes I just really miss the feel of a man's body. Is that too much to say on this? No, I agree. I'm totally with you. I mean, lolling spoons me every morning, but it's just not enough. Oh, yeah, Penny the cat sleeps on me every night, but it's definitely not enough. I don't know if you're a Sex in the City fan, but there was this oh, one yeah. episode where Carrie, you know, the protagonist, 
um, is going into state and she's meeting up with her ex-boyfriend and she hasn't had sex in ages and he's really distracted by various things and, and you know, she just wants to have sex and he's just not, like, interested because he wants to talk to her about things. By the end, she's almost whimpering. She goes, just, just, can you just lie on top of me? <laughs> You know, just put your body on mine. And I could so relate. <laughs> just forget the just have a nice male body lying on top of me. That, but I'm glad you mentioned Sex of the City because it just, it's a good way to finish our chat because you joined me on one of my tours in New York <gasps> last year. But what I love most about your experience in New York is you actually met a man oh, in I New York did. in person and went on a date. I did. I had a meet cute. And I could tell you, this is the the third meet cute I've ever had ever. Like, wait a minute, I, we have to say what meet cute is because not everyone know we're writers, so we know what a meet cute is, but oh. not everyone listening will understand okay. what a meet cute is. Now, a meet cute is when you actually meet someone in real life, like in the movies, you know, and your eyes cross. Your eyes cross. That's not right. What is that? What is that phrase? <laughs> your eyes. Your eyes meet. Meet. And I there's cross. Your eyes meet. Oh, <laughs> did you say I was a writer? Um, so your eyes meet, and then you end up dating. So the first one I met just when I was very newly separated, and God love him, he was a very sweet man, but he turned out to be unemployed um, and living with his mother. So that didn't really go anywhere. The second guy was hot, and I had this meet cute with him in the city, and he approached me and asked me out. And by complete coincidence, um, I bumped into him about a week later and he was with his long-term partner. So mm. that didn't work out. This guy, amazingly enough, I was in New York. I was in the New York Public Library of all places. Now, I was in the gift store, so I wasn't actually doing work. And I was standing in line and this very attractive man was behind me and we started chatting and we ended up going on a date the next day. I had a date in New York. It was so exciting. And the funny thing was he was coming to Australia Anyway, he was coming to Australia early in the year and then he postponed his trip because of the bushfires um, and he was like, I'm coming when all the smoke clears up and, ah, oh, COVID. COVID. <laughs> but something to look forward to. And, you know, I love I love that we can leave our chat here because you you literally had your very own Carrie Bradshaw moment in New York. I and did. it I can did. happen. You know, just when you think, oh, I never meet anyone, it's never going to happen yeah. for me, you just never know what could happen. You could just be at the New York Public Library and meet a lovely man. Look, the advice is clear. What you have to do is go on to the, the New York with Sammy trip and <laughs> everything else will just follow from that. Okay, I cannot guarantee relationships. I cannot <laughs> guarantee dates with hot New York men on my tours, but I will do my very, very best to facilitate it. Uh, Kerry, oh, my God, I love chatting to you. Thank you oh, so much. Too. We have to do for... this every season, Sammy. I'm, oh, can I'm we? on a spot every season. Thank you. And uh, as I always say, and you know what I'm going to say. I, I really, really hope, hope you find what you're looking for. I hope we both do. This podcast is produced by me, Sammy Lucas. Audio director is Robbie Wood. This episode sponsored by Kings Creed Wines. You can find out more at thekingscreedwines.com.au. And you can find out more about me, this podcast, or my book at my website, sammylucas.com.au.